0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Moving on, although they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God. Then it says this, nor were thankful. Uh, Another attribute of someone that's not really giving God the glory for, they weren't thankful. Uh, People that glorify God for who He is are thankful people, right? Everybody here that's born again and you glorify God for who He is, you should be thankful. If for nothing else, then I'm going to heaven. If nothing else goes my way, I'm going to heaven. The blood of Christ has cleansed me of my sins. Jesus died in my place. As I glorify him as God, I should be thankful.
0: Do you carry with you the posture of gratitude within your day? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Bill, he shares with you the importance of prioritizing gratitude within your walk with the Lord. God has given us so much, and we need to be sure to give him thanks and praise for it. Pastor Bill encourages you to take the time each day to say thanks to the Lord for what he's done in and through your life. Tell him all of the ways you are thankful for how he has worked in your life. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans, chapter 1, for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: Chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of god and unrighteousness and so it just opens right up with wrath the wrath of god some people have a hard time with that today there are people that would love the the goodness of god talk about his mercy his grace his goodness yes lord but talk about the wrath of god flip the coin over and they're like i don't i don't believe in a god like that you don't have to believe in a god like that but but then you've made up a god because the god of the bible The creator of heaven and earth is a God of mercy, love, grace, and all those good things. But when you flip his coin over, he's a just God. And there is wrath. That's part of who he is. I don't get to remake God in a way that suits me. But that's what most people today do. People create a God that they're comfortable with. Well, the God I serve, he wouldn't mind this. The God I serve, you know, he doesn't mind if you smoke weed. The God I serve loves everybody, you know, such and so. You don't have to change your life or anything else. You don't conform to his image. You just make a God after your own liking. The problem with that is when you die, you won't meet that God. Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed a man once to die and after this the judgment. And the God that you're going to stand before at that judgment is the God of the Bible. So we really want to get to know him. I want to do my best to Put him on display and all of his goodness and all of his attributes as clearly as we can, that we could really that we could be in relationship with the true and living God, that we wouldn't be fooled, that we wouldn't be mistaken about who he is, that we might walk with him rightly. That when you and I die and meet God, we meet God on the right side of a relationship with him, that we meet him as children, forgiven, washed in the blood that he's receiving us. So it says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness godliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of God and unrighteousness. So first of all, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. One of these deals with our our sins against the Lord are, are not conforming to his image. Ungodliness, unrighteousness deals with my behavior towards other people. It's interesting that the Ten Commandments break down that way. You got Commandments that deal with your relationship with the Lord, you know, don't have any other gods before him. Don't take his name in vain. Then you got Then you have commandments that deal with your relationship with men. Don't steal. Don't covet. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. It breaks down just like that. These are the areas where we mess up. We first mess up in our walk with God. Then we start messing up in our relationship with other people. And that's what we're going to see in this chapter that it starts with the Lord. So you get a, you get a, you get people that are struggling with one another and you can just say stop. Let's start with your walk with the Lord. It always goes down from there. If I'm doing right with God, it's a much greater chance I'm going to be able to be right with you. But if I'm not right with God, then you just better look out. Um, it just, it ain't going to be a whole long time. That's when you get a, with marriage counseling, sometimes you can just say, I'm not going to listen to nothing about, y'all have to say about each other. I'm going to talk to you about your walk with the Lord. Do you love God? Are you submitted to God? Are you yielded to his spirit? Are you filled with his spirit right now? Are you, because if so, then you'd forgive and be merciful and gracious and, and what are all the things that come with that? Your walk with the Lord impacts your walk with people it's been said if you you get your your vertical relationship right then your lateral relationships will fall into place and so the wrath of God is revealed uh from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men and it says this who suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness the idea is this that we're going to see it as we go through God says you already we already know what to do we have to suppress the truth of God in our unrighteousness everybody here that grew up sinning I, grew, I didn't grow up Christian There's a point at which most of us can recognize we had to suppress stuff that we knew better. I knew better than that, but I got to I got to push that away. I got to I got to I got to move it out of my mind. I got to push my conscience aside. Like I had to suppress what's in me naturally in order to go forward and see. And God says what people are doing today is they're suppressing the truth of God in their unrighteousness. But don't be mistaken. The truth of God is there and everybody's dealt with it. I don't care what the sins are, or what people are dealing with. They're they're having to suppress, ignore, uh, resist their own conscience if they're not saved and and suppress God's truth. And so we live in a culture right now where people want to shut this book up, shut this book. They want to discredit the book. They want to make they, they're, they're people that are you watch the, the history channel. Some of these channels, they've gone out of great lengths to do what they can do. How can we shut this book up? Because if I can shut this book, then I'm not accountable for what I'm doing anymore. This book convicts, it will condemn, it will will give us guidance and direction. If I can get rid of this, I can do whatever I want. If I can get rid of the thou shalt nots, then I can do whatever I feel like doing. And so we live in a world where that's the agenda of the world. We shouldn't be surprised at it. We shouldn't be bothered by it. You should be very careful. Uh, how much you know when there, these shows? When whenever there are people that don't know God making uh, shows about the Bible and the origin of the Bible and where it came from, um, I've watched some of these shows and I'm like, I would turn it off. I'd be in my flesh. It'd just be lies upon lies. I mean, I'm like they they just you all they need for in our culture we we worship education so much. All you need is somebody with a PhD to say it, and we're like, that's it. The, the doctor, he's the, he got a doctorate degree, and he said that. The elephant, you know, evolved from the, the 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 fish or whatever. You know, they just all they just do that. You know, the doctor and they just did, and all they got to do is say enough years back. It was just billions of years ago. All it all it takes is somebody with you know, if you respect that, I'm of the persuasion that you can be an educated fool. You can have a degree that came from the schools or the colleges of men with the books that men wrote and the degrees that men give and not know anything about God. So. While I recognize those things are it's all right. There's education has its place, but it's not above God. It'll never be above God. It's always underneath God. So be careful um, who you respect, who you listen to, who you let have that kind of weight and authority when they speak to you. So it says that they suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. Verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. So God says, look, the things that can be known about God there is in them. How is it in everybody? Everybody has a conscience. Everybody has a conscience. God gave you a conscience. That's, um, they're just things that we innately know they're wrong. No one has to teach you. You don't have to have the Bible yet. You don't have to have someone declare it from church. There are things that you know are wrong. And that's why you sneak and do certain things, even little kids, little kids, when they're doing something wrong, that's how you know they got, a, you know, it's, it's innate, it's born, it's built in. When they're doing something good, they're not looking over their shoulders, but you catch a little kid doing something sneaky. And some of you got kids, you can tell, you can look at them like, what are you doing right now? Because they got that look that says, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get away with something, I'm sneaking, I'm looking over my shoulder. I know by what you look like on your face right now, you're doing something you know you're not supposed to be doing. Get over here. How do, how do they know that? They're too little. How do they already have that built in? Because God built it in everybody. The Bible talks about how that our conscience could be seared, though. And what happens over the years is you do something oh, enough times. That first time, it would be really difficult to override your conscience and do this thing. But the next time, it would be a lot easier. And the next time, it would be easier. And before you know it, your conscience is gone. so I don't even feel nothing no more. I could go through several areas in my own life where I experienced that. Where at first I felt like maybe I shouldn't, but I was going and I was tempted, but I didn't. And then before I knew it, I was like, I don't feel nothing about that. You know, you take a number of issues. You could take, you know, substance abuse. You could take sexual sin. You could take stealing things. You could take murder. Any of those things, there's a point at which people know uh, this is this is bad. But you, you, if you can get over that and do it before you know it, You just be doing it over and over again. Your conscience is gone. So God says, look, it's it's already in them. What, What may be known of God is manifest in them that for God has shown it to them. God showed them already. They already know God's already revealed it to them. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So God says one way that people are without excuse is the invisible attributes of God in creation. Since the creation of the world, how far back does that go before man was made, before the very first men were made? So there's no man alive that hasn't lived in God's creation. God says the fact that you go out and watch the sun go up and the sun go down and a moon in the sky at night and grass and trees and birds and animals and all these different things. He says those things bear witness of, of me. The creation bears witness of a creator. I have to be taught something different than that. Everybody here, I'm looking at shoes and watches and glasses and, and everybody here, with any item that you came in, you know somebody made it. You know somebody made it, if you eat a good meal. You eat a good meal you say, who made that? You know somebody was somebody knew how to put the spices and how to cook it just right? It, it bears witness of somebody putting in work somewhere. Um, if you If you buy something that's awesome, I'm a tech guy, I like my technology and my electric toys and everything else. Those things bear witness of somebody great. Somebody sat down and figured out if you touch it and swipe it and do this and do that You can make it do all these different things and that I it it would be it would it would insult your intelligence If I told you guys all the things that make up this this iPhone here Those things were you know They were all scattered abroad and this over the seas and galaxies over millions of years as particles came together And there was a bang of explosion and some ooze and some goo and then and this came out and now it's great. And it just does everything it's supposed to do. You would just say, I mean, that, that's ridiculous. But that's what science has offered up to, to man. They say, look, we can't go with the God thing. We got to eliminate that. So let's take that off the table. God didn't create nothing. Now we got to come up with something. So what they've come up with is what we call the evolutionary theory. No, I always like to point out to people that it's, they, the best they could do is call it a theory. It's a theory. It's not a fact. It's a theory. It's, it's the best we can come up with. Since we don't accept that God created the world in which we live, and it's it's bogus. It says that there was ooze over here and some goo over there, and over millions and millions of years, things came together, and there was one living organism, and it came together, and it was a pop and a bang and a boom, and 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 all these life forms started coming to be. Foolishness. Um, I watched last night watching the Animal Channel. We 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 got we got cable back, and um, so I got my Animal Channel. I, I got a I got a full dose of it yesterday. I watched several episodes in a row and it's, I mean, I'm sitting there, my daughter don't really like it because some of it's kind of gory and animals kill each other and stuff. I like that too, but I'm I'm watching this and it's amazing how God made these creatures and what they do and how they take care of themselves. And it's impossible to look at that and just say, man, that thing evolved into it. There's a set of videos I got on creation and they show several different animals that it's impossible that they could have evolved. They show the giraffe, the giraffe has in his neck, because it's really, really tall, and they got to bend down to do everything. they got to bend down to drink and everything that they do. Well, and if, if he were to bend down normally, they said he had regular veins going through his neck. If he were to just bend down, his head would pop. Blood would rush to his head, it would pop. So there's there's his, his tubes that run blood from his chest area up to his brain. There's chambers, and so at the level to which he bends, they choke. they choke off. To where when he bends down, just enough blood goes to the head. So it doesn't, you know, give him a head rush and blow him up. And when he stands back up, it goes back down in just the right way. And you look at that, and that couldn't have evolved, right? He would have, the first giraffe would have blew his head off and it would have been no giraffe. Like there was no time to evolve that God and his wisdom and his greatness. He created it. So I got to look at that and say, as they studied and figured it out, I'm like, God is brilliant. Like he did that. Right, there's a beetle that, there's a concoction, there's two chambers in his stomach. And when, the, when he's attacked by spiders, I, as, I should, I'll bring them one day and let show you clips of it, but the two chambers of his stomach let out, one side lets, each side lets out a different chemical. When those chemicals touch each other, it makes an explosion. And so, as a spider comes to attack, he turns his back, he lets him out at just the right time, and it blows the spider back five feet. <laughs> and the spider's like, never mind, I'm passing on to the next animal. Once again, you look at that and that couldn't have evolved. He would have imploded, you know, like in the evolutionary process, that thing would have imploded and he'd have been over with. It it was created with that. And so the world says, no, we don't accept that God created. And so once you set that aside, once you set aside the truth, all that you can do now is come up with a lie. If the truth is this, you know, um, I am a black man. That is the truth. If I somehow say, you know what, I'm not black. Whatever I come up with, whatever, however I explain it, you know, I had a great, great, great grandfather back in the day in Europe and then he came together with something. Whatever I come up with after that is going to be a lie. It might be a well fabricated lie. It might be a believable lie, but it's going to be a lie at the end of the day because I am black. Y'all didn't know. That's what I am. So since God did create the world, if, if I got to come up with something other than creation, whatever you're going to come up with is going to be a lie. And our world has come up with a fanciful tale about how things came to be. It's a lie. So back to what he says here, verse 24, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. God said, it's not hard to see. Clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God says, my creation bears witness of me. And so even people that live in parts of the world, people say, what about the pygmies in Africa? People that haven't heard the gospel. There's light that they get. They, they, there's an amount of light that God has shown to them through creation. They'll be responsible to God based on the light that's been shown them. But guys, they've seen enough to know that, that there is a God, that there is a creator. And you'd be amazed as missionaries have gone into uh, really secluded parts of the world to minister to tribes, learn a language. When you get there, they find out that many of these tribes, um, they've come into some tribes that were very moral, that if you look at their be- behavior and belief. You know, the, 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 it's, it's clear they know that there's a creator. They all have a tale about how there was a creator. Um, they haven't been explaining maybe who or how, but they know there's a creator. They know murder is wrong. They know it's wrong to run off with somebody else's wife. There are things that they innately know are wrong. And then you have in, within the same tribes some that are very carnal. And they know those things are wrong, but they do them anyway. They're, they're, you know, we have wickedness that goes forth. But it's like, how do they know that that's wrong? The, the gospel's never been preached here, they've never had the Bible shared with them. They just know that it's wrong because God has put it in them. And he's put it in you and he's put it in me. And so God says, look, no matter what you say, they're without excuse. So I got to be careful about making excuses for people. When I read my Bible, and God says, so they are without. Who is they? Everybody that's living in the world God created are without excuse. So if they're without excuse. I need to be real cautious about making excuses for people. I talk to people like, well, I just don't know how, you know, be fair for God to judge the people to live way. Well, he says here they're without excuse. So. So what you would you, you want to ask a different question? You don't want to you know, you don't want to be rolling with that idea, that way of thinking. God said they'll be without excuse. They'll be accountable for the light that's shown. Now, we know God is just God is fair. Um, it's not like God. Says, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let you know what's right. And I'm going to hold you accountable for having not known. We know he's just he's fair. They'll be held accountable for the light that's shown them and whatever God does with them. When we get to heaven and we see it, we'll say, oh, that was right on. That was just. That was fair. What about the kids that are born with mental disabilities and they can't understand what God does them is going to be absolutely just and absolutely fair because our God is a good God. But what about you and me that have great exposure to the light of the truth? That's who we need to be worried about. Because what's going to happen to me knowing everything I know if I opt out? That's a problem. What's going to happen to those in America? Because we ain't got we got we're not pygmies. We're not people way out in some secluded area that don't know something. What's going to happen to us that have been given great exposure, great light? People got 10, 12 Bibles. If we decide, you know, to become educated or become, you know, snooty and decide that there's there's well, I you know, I don't I don't know if I necessarily believe X, Y and D. That's who we need to be worried about us here where we are. So he says um, they are clearly seen so that they are without excuse. Verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. So mouthful there it said, first of all, even though they knew God and it just means they had a knowledge of God. They didn't know him intimately, but they had a knowledge of God. They knew who he was. They knew what he had done. God had made them aware, although they knew him, they didn't glorify him as God. So there could be people that have a uh, an awareness of who God is. We know who he is. We understand who God is. But. We don't glorify him as God. We don't reckon, We don't give him the glory that's due him as God. I could know who God is. OK, I know Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave. There's going to be a ton of nonbelievers, you guys, that know that fact. I'm going to give you a case in point. Judas Iscariot knew God. He knew, he knew him in. His, he knew his power. He saw the miracles firsthand. I mean, he knew God, but he did not glorify him as God. And that's why he is not in heaven right now. Why he died a miserable death. I don't know if you could be any closer to the Lord than Judas. I I mean, I'm I'm still blown away. that Anybody that close, I mean, all the way up until the last supper, he got food too. At the foot washing, he got his feet washed too. I mean, he was there for everything, but he didn't make it, didn't make it. Although he knew God, didn't glorify him as God. So we don't want to be guilty of that. We want to know God and we want to be careful to glorify him as God. Amen. And how do you glorify him as God? This is this is this is. I think this is important. It's key. How do I glorify him as God? I I live submitted, right? If I'm saying God, you created the world. You are God of heaven and earth. You are that God. You are the one spoken of in Scripture. Psalm Psalm 19 is about you. If I recognize that that's who God is, then I'm gonna glorify him as God as I submit my life to him. As I say, God, you tell me what to do and I do it because that's part of how I glorify you as God. Part of how I give you works and I acknowledge you and I, I, I recognize your, your, who you are as God is I, I submit, I yield, I do what you say. That's how I glorify God, as God. Amen. And so it's the lack of yielding. It's the lack of, though I know all these things about him, it's the lack of that that says, yeah, I know all that about you, but I'm going to still do me. That's what puts people in a really bad, that's what Judas did. Judas knew everything you could know about Jesus. He heard the teachings straight out the mouth of God. And decided that, I mean, just I wasn't, he wasn't really with it. He was worried about the money in the money bag and whatever else he was about. So knowing that you could be that close, I always want to warn us. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're really close. Come to church all the time. But you know in your life that you don't glorify him as God. You're not dead yet like Judas. You can repent today. You can say, God, I'm, I, I heard your word today and I, I, I need to glorify you as God. I have not been doing that. But you don't want to be that close. And yep, I know it's true. Yes, I've been aware. Yes, it's been it's been shown to me, but I just didn't choose to acknowledge you. So moving on, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. Then it says this, nor were thankful. Uh, Another attribute of someone that's not really giving God the glory for they weren't thankful. Uh, People that glorify God for who he is are thankful people. Right. Everybody here that's born again and you glorify God for who he is, you should be thankful. If for nothing else that I'm going to heaven, if nothing else goes my way, I'm going to heaven. The blood of Christ has cleansed me of my sins. Jesus died on, in my place. As I glorify him as God, I should be thankful. Amen. I should be very thankful for who he is and for what he's done. So it says that they didn't glorify him as God and they weren't thankful. All that God has done, they weren't thankful. So I would challenge us to consider our level of thankfulness. Do you praise the Lord in your own life? I'm not saying you gotta be have a great voice and sing and everything. I know we all differ in that. But are you thankful? Is your, does your heart... Wake up on days and just say, man, God, thank you, Lord. You're good to me. You speak his thanks to other people. You know, you open, you praise him and worship him when the opportunity comes um, It's part of glorifying him as God. We should be thankful. We should be most of all the people in the world. We should be some of the most thankful people that God has done what he's done for us. And and so they weren't thankful. And it says this, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. And it's interesting that those who don't want to see lose the ability or the capacity to see. So at one point, they refused to see him for what he was, though it was right in their face. And God said, so at a point they got to the place where they could no longer see him for what he was. Um, As you choose not to see, you'll lose the ability to see. That that scares me. Um, That should be a scary thought that God, if I... If when it's in my face and I can see, if I, if I reject the light often enough, God says what's going to happen is you're going to lose the capacity. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Foolishness in the Bible is, is um, the Greek word is moros. We get our English word moron. And it's, it's, it's knowing what you're supposed to do it, but not doing it. Um, Jesus said those who hear these sayings of mine, but don't do them, are like a foolish man, moros, moron. Stupid is what it literally means. Knew what they were supposed to do, but they didn't do it. That's what it's saying here. Their foolish hearts were darkened, though they knew what it was. They refused to do it stupid to live like that. And God says the result of that was their hearts were darkened. Now they can't see. Now they're in a darkened state. And so verse 22, it says professing to be wise. They became fools. And I I, I see that in our world today that many people in their desire to be wise professing to know something i read this i studied this i read from this one doctor i read from this this certain phd person and so now therefore god says professing to be wise this is not new right it's happening today but it was happening way back here where there were smart people supposedly that god said look professionally wise what they did was became fools
0: You've been listening to Pastor Bill Bovington and A Transforming Word. We know you didn't have to come today. You could have turned off this message and moved on to the news or to a talk show, but you chose to stay. You chose to invest your time in learning more about the Word of God with us. In this series, Pastor Bill is making his way through the book of Romans. In Romans 8, 6, we read, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. You didn't have to stay today, but it might be the best decision you could have made. On the news, you could have encountered plenty of death, but here, we're able to set our minds on the Spirit together discovering the life and peace that He brings. And we have more opportunities for you to set your mind on the Spirit. Why wait for the next edition of A Transforming Word? On our website, you'll find a daily Bible reading plan, links to our YouTube channel, and our mobile app. You'll have hundreds of messages available to you at the touch of a finger. You'll also find ways to join in the work with us through giving and prayer. Our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryenglewood.org. But there are other ways to find us too. We're on Instagram and Facebook. What better way to move your mind to the Spirit than to bring Him into your social media? As you can see, we have many ways to help you connect with God throughout your week. Oh yeah, and don't forget to come back here next time for a transforming word to transform your life.